let me just, my slide is not complete, but I said that we share. Um, I thought today I'm going to be home very early, only for me to get to the car park. I started my engine. I tried to start my engine, the car wouldn't start. <laughs> so I have to look for a way to get home. And um, it's great joy. Okay, so for, I want to just welcome everybody to Kingdom Learning Space weekly online Bible study. And it's not just the Bible study. Um, I've had people who have a certain position against Bible study simply because it becomes at the talk shop where things are spoken onto people over their head and there is no any active engagement in that process. People only go to listen and then they go back home and there is no real change happening. And we know that these conversations that we have on Thursdays, um, what we could describe, like what happened when Paul um, withdrew into the school of Tyrannus for a pace of two and a half years or so, and that um, the grace of God was so powerful and that they mingled thought with thought. They were persuasive thinking. They, 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 they stepped what was working in the spirit. They pushed the limits. They reached out. To, to touch dimensions that were not common. And, and at the end of the day, the Bible records for us that so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed that everybody that live in Asia Minor heard the word of God. Anytime I think about that, I am so amazed. Um, the level of investment that would have gone in to bring about that level of results, um, both the divine investment and the sacrifice that Paul and all the others who um, we may not know their names unless maybe some theologians and some research folks are able to piece some manuscripts together, ancient manuscripts together to tell us that these were some of the men that actually sat in that school for two and a half years, talking to one another, engaging the heavens mingling thought with thought, persuading one another. This was happening to them, but mightily grew the word of God that everybody in Asia Manor had the word of God. So as we continue to stay on this call every Thursday, we believe that there is grace that is pouring forth to allow um, a mighty spread of that which we are receiving here and that it to go beyond what we have received. So for a while now, um, we've tried to get into this topic equipped for the work of ministry, and um, it, it's it's not been smooth because one moment I am caught up in another thing, and then another moment something else. And so today I just want to do a couple of recap and then point to something. So let's just get back to this introduction. Um, let me see. Um, so let's look at this preamble. There's something we need to look at here. So Veronica was saying something about people taking up their rightful place and exactly so. Um, and let me, let, me, let me just jump onto something in the notes first. If you see this, um, we talked about it in one of the sessions. So we have this, I call the equipping triangle. The equipping triangle has 
three components that are very common to all of us in terms of being believers. The equipping triangle has the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the apex. And then on the other side, the equippers. On the other end are the recipients of divine resources. The equippers are placed within the, the framework of, of the body to bring a certain divine transmission to all those that um, those graces are meant for. Um, it's important. So there's another way we can present it as well. Um, though this is not complete, I'm still, I'm still working on a few things. It's not complete, but you can still see it. And what is amazing, what is amazing, if you look at the pyramid, you may look at it a bit differently, but what is amazing about the circles, the, what is the Olympic, Olympic circles, is the intertwining of life. You can see life bridging into one, where the all are giving off something to, to feed into the process of um, this cycle of relationship, these relational dynamics. And something is critical. Something is very, very critical. Um, and I want to just get to it. I told you my notes is not complete. Something is very critical. Recipients of divine resource, uh, those are the receivers, um, have something they need to take good care of. One is right location. It's right location. If you look at the system around us, it, ju it just allows largely for people to be equipped in a classroom and go out there to fetch a job. So um, we have unemployed graduates. In fact, and I think in Ghana, they even have unemployed graduate association. I don't know if that is correct, but that is, that is a detriment. That is, a, that is scandalous. That I would have finished university and go and join an unemployed graduate association. For what? Because the system didn't equip me for life. The system equipped me to fit into the system as it is. But when we begin to deal with people being equipped for work of ministry, then we are dealing with matters of destiny. So one, people need to rightly locate themselves. The right location will mean that people must find their calling, their purpose, their gift. Right location means that people must be within the perimeter of the grace that is meant for them. Rightly locating yourself is to ensure that you are deployed into your assignment from which nobody can fire you, nobody can suck you, nobody, you, nobody can fire you from you. So that is a very uh, clear thing that needs to be grasped by a recipient of divine resource. If not, we will receive multiple of graces, but we will be ineffective. Our results, instead of having 70%, 80%, 100%, we'll be achieving 1% because I've received grace, but I'm applying myself in the wrong place and the wrong calling. When, what work does is that work gives you money. It gives you money. But at the same time, it comes with some level of frustration. But your, I say work, sorry, your job, the job gives you money, gives you food. But 
your calling, your purpose, rightly locating yourself within the frame of your call allows for fulfillment. That is the foremost thing before money. Allows for fulfillment. So number one, people need to rightly locate themselves. In the issue of rightly locating, people must also locate themselves rightly beside graces that God have appointed to feed into their work. It's important. It's very, very, very important. The Bible said, I think um, there was a story in the, in the Old Testament where I don't remember it very well, but the question was asked about somebody. And then the story was told that while your men, your servant were busy here and there, the man escaped. While they were busy here and there, the man escaped. So there's a lot of dissipation that, is, that, is, that has been ongoing. Secondly, it's important that people become available. The, the, one of my experiences that I've had has been an unavailable people, has been an un, 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 unwilling company of people to allow themselves to be built and groomed in, within a particular ability of the, the, the dealings of God. So people uh, lately have entered into window shopping and the, it's become like a market. You can choose and pick and decide to throw away what um, you, don't, you feel you don't like. And people must become available. We must consider Naaman in this case. Naaman was boastful about the urbanness uh, uh, and whatever rivers in, in his hometown, but his availability and obedience to go to Jordan and bow was necessary. He needed to be there. He needed to avail himself. And that is key. So I'm just trying to reiterate a few things as um, I heard Veronica spoke. Another thing we must, um, as recipients, so right now, consider yourself. I consider myself the recipient of divine grace. What must I do? I must live in an environment of complete obedience, swift, complete obedience. It is key to ensuring that grace that has been deposited in certain human vessels will truly minister to me. Many people today, again, they don't act like Noah. Look at Noah. We, Calvin and I, we talk about Noah from time to time. And if you think about him, you will be dazzled. You'll be amazed. This guy was not a carpenter. This guy lived in an environment where the, the, the example of Adam's error was very close and well-known. He lived in an environment where Adam's walk with God was known. This guy had the opportunity to choose between two options. But interestingly, when God spoke to him, and now another thing, he had never seen rain before. I am sure when he said to the wife, God said I should build him an ark and rain is coming. The wife probably said, Noah, what, what do you mean by rain? What is rain? What does, it, what does it smell like? Does it talk? Does it walk? What is it like? These things were in his environment. 
but he went into obedience completely blind and oblivious to the mockery of the season and completely locked up with God. If recipients of divine resource are truly going to receive divine resource and enter into the partnership that God wants for us, these three things must be embraced. And fourth, fourthly, um, personal responsibility. People must begin to take personal responsibility. Personal responsibility for my development and my work with God. Personal responsibility to know God. Personal responsibility to practice the presence of God. Personal responsibility to invest into my, my development and growth. Things will no longer be left at the doorsteps of, oh, they are the pastors, they are the ones who are called. As we study the issue of um, equip for the work of ministry, we will come to appreciate that the we'll come to appreciate that uh please just a moment j j just a moment let me it's okay it's okay now I I we will come to appreciate that everybody is called just that some are called to be pastors and prophets apostles and evangelists some are called to be helpers some are called to be managers some are called to be administrators. Some are called to be leaders in various capacities. And we must understand that different graces play into all of these and that I must take personal responsibility and invest, invest my life into ensuring that that call is totally discovered. So um, this, is some, <clears throat> this is something about the equipping triangle. I just wanted to, to show. Now, let me just step back. I want to deal with, let me see my time. I want to deal with just two things. So we said something like this last, uh, the last time. We said something like this. We said, there are many priests of God whose voices have never been heard in, in, in public, who have never been seen in a public way, who are unknown, hidden very often in the assembly and yet in the secret history fulfilling a most valuable ministry. Therefore, ministry, vocation, calling, etc. It's not only in the pulpit or, or the holding of a microphone. We also said many pastors today have been found guilty of viewing their workplace believers as in the currency sign, pound, CD, euro, dollar, etc instead of acknowledging their kingly and priestly role in the body of Christ. Their kingly and priestly role in the body of Christ. We also said, the next time you are tempted to minimize your daily work as anything less than a holy calling, remember that Jesus was a workplace minister as a carpenter in his community. He has called you and I to reflect his glory um, in our work. Trying to race through this real quick. So we also said the abiding validity of true leadership lies in how many more people you have been able to raise to become leaders. 
So transforming followers to becoming leaders. And I'm driving after something. You can test your service by this. The measure of the emancipation of the people who come under your hand and the measure of the formation of Christ that is ongoing in them. You can test and measure a ministry, a calling, an office by this. The level of eman emancipation, freedom that is stepped into the liberty in Christ that is stepped into. And the amount and the level of spiritual growth, growth that they step into. Real service to the Lord is the emancipation of a people from this world for him and the formation of that people according to Christ and the formation of that people according to Christ designed and fitted into um, um, a pattern called Christ for a heavenly vocation and a heavenly vocation now, not afterwards. So some people think the heavenly vocation is afterwards. When we go, we go to heaven, we're going to be singing and praising God. And that is a heavenly vocation. All right. So um, this is what I want to, I want to deal with. Um, this is what I want to deal with. What is the context in which the gifts are given? What is the context in which these gifts are given? We must begin to understand the gifts and the callings of God, this five-foot ministry, as divine enablement, as things given within the context of life and death, as graces given to, to steer the affairs of Christ's church onto maturity. Individuals being built into individual, yeah, individual capacity. Please pay attention to that last statement I just made. Individuals being built into their individual capacities. When you study Ephesians chapter four carefully, there's a word you will come across and that word equip speaks in several ways. And one of it is to, is relation of grace or relating grace how the grace of the apostle ought to be related to the believer. And when you study further, it teaches you that the grace is supposed to be related to each individual unique person and their gift and graces and call. So it is no longer a wholesale matter that um, I can just preach something in a pulpit and then um, transformation happen. Yes, transformation happened. But even in that teaching, one ought to build capacity enough to relate grace individually, to open his spirit and allow some streams of divine transaction and impartation to continually to happen that will allow that general context of teaching you may be doing to apply to people individually without even saying it. Secondly, that word um, equip, and later we'll come to read and examine it. Also, um, shows that the pastoral leadership, apostolic leadership, prophetic leadership, evangelism, all ought to be able to sit among the people and relate grace. Um, there is a gentleman, he's called, uh, the name again, he's called Alan Hesh. Alan Hesh. He has a very beautiful book, I think the five Qs or something. He outlined in that book the 
depth of the reason why God allowed fivefold ministry. In that book, he states how critical, indispensable the fivefold ministry is in the life structure, in the fabric, spiritual canvas of the body. And these are some of the things we'll be discussing as we look at the context of the giving of the gift, the context of the gift, the giving of the gift. One is to ensure that the measure of Christ is built in the believer. Number two, the context of the giving. No, sorry, I just missed something. I, I just missed something. Number one, since the note is not complete, the number one, the context of the giving is that it is given within the measure of the gift of Christ. Ephesians 4, 7, and 8. It is given within the context of the measure of the gift of Christ. Let me just, let me just read. Um, let me just read. A moment, please. Mm. Ephesians. So I'm just going to stay on this slide. And when I'm done, um, we pray, we talk, we do whatever we have to do because I don't want to stretch it. The next slide continues to speak about the context of the giving of the gift. But I want to just zero in on this. Ephesians chapter 4. The verse 7. It says, but, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. According to the measure of Christ's gift. There is the word grace and there is the word gift. The word gift in this verse is the word doria from the Greek. The word doria speaks of the qualitative measure of the gift and the grace of Christ that transforms an ordinary man to do extraordinary things. So Noah was, was not educated in carpentry and joining, but the word, of, the word of the Lord, the calling of God upon his life in that moment creates capacity. When God speaks, his word creates capacity and competence. There is almost like instant maturity. Let me quickly pull an example. I've overheard a great man of God said, Adam failed because he never went through process in life. And I, I shook my head. The Bible says God designs life. He finishes before he begins. So he shows us the maturing of man in the first instance of creation. And that man is full of competence, is full of capacity, ability to do extraordinary things. When God speaks, his word creates competence and capacity. When there is a call on a man's life, that man can be a vegetable until the call arrives. 
The call will create competence, will create capacity, will enlarge this person. So the gifts and the calling of Christ were given within the context of that qualitative measure of the gift of Christ, Doria, Doria. The giving of the gift is also done from an ascension position, an ascended position. Let me read further the verse eight. It says, therefore, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. That is another contest we can come to later. We will come to later. He gave gifts unto men. And now this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens and that he might feel all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles. So we are seeing second point is that these gifts are given from an ascended place, a place of authority, a place of clarity of sight, a place of, of, of divine attestation and power. The third thing that we have here is that the gifts are given within the context of what I call beyond the fivefold ministry, beyond the apostle. You see, um, some religious devil found its way into the body of Christ as good and powerful and indispensable as the grace and the giftings of God uh, to the fabric uh, or the, the, the very core existence of the body of Christ in order to make sure the body of Christ become what it is. Some religious devil entered in and spoiled us and elevated all of these gifts above everything and made them demigods and made them to be gifts that um, um, we worship when we are supposed to receive this gift within a certain context. Christ is given this gift, but he gave them within a context that goes beyond the prophet. That it doesn't stop with the prophet, it doesn't stop with the apostle, it doesn't stop with the evangelist. It goes beyond this, and you see that further in the verses um, that follow. And it says from the verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. These things go beyond the apostle, so that ministry focus does not become eccentric, does not become focused and, and, and held onto um, an indispensable apostle, but that it is given within the context that at the end of the day, there shall exist a community of God that looks like Christ. At the end of the day, you see, he gave gifts, but what happened? We are all coming to maturity, knowledge of the Son of God. We are all becoming a perfect man, a company of people. The emphasis goes beyond the apostle. So it behooves on us that we get it right. Leaders must get it right. 
we said we said in the last discourse, if Noah didn't get it right, there would have been a lot of problems. In Hebrews 11, the Bible says, by faith Noah, he built an ark when he was warned of destruction to come and he saved his family. The consequences are grave. If, if leaders cannot step into the capacity to be able to um, um, embrace their rightful position and ensure that they are delivering on the call, we must get it right. So we say a kingdom family is rising. A company of God's people will arise. The next thing I'll touch on and I stop here is that this contest of the giving of the gift is for the revelation of Christ. Any ministry, any calling, any ability that showcases glory but does not point people to Christ or does not leave a hunger, a thirst, and a, 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 a quest in individuals to personally seek God, know him, and walk with him, that thing has a question mark on it. So it is given for individual development. So as a company is rising, much the same, individuals must also be developed. That is why I talk about relating grace, and we will talk about that much later. And lastly, for total body growth. God bless you. I want to stop here. Let's have a conversation, a short conversation before we disappear from here. Thank you. Thank you. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Um, just a reminder that these are expressions in a measure of Christ's gift, that they're not our gifts, they're not titles, they're not, um, you know, the, the, the grace, the grace of God has been given to us. And so the reminder of how impacting these things are and what we, uh, a couple of slides ago, Mark, there was something on the slide that it really struck out to me and I, I did not capture it, but it was, um, let me, yeah. let me. Where was that? Let me bring it. Let me bring something up. Let's see. Um, was it somewhere here? Was it somewhere here? Let's see. Just command me and I'll go forward. Let's see. Okay. Is this the beginning? This, oh, this is the beginning. Okay. Can okay, you go so forward? I start I started off from here. I jumped into part of the slide that mm -hmm. showcases. Yeah. And then Just a couple after I, that. Uh-huh. Then I jump into this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This, this, thing, this, yeah, this thing about this thing about complete obedience. I think that's what it was, because it was referring to Noah. Yeah. This thing about complete obedience, Mark. I Obedience cannot be considered, we can't consider in our obedience. It must be reflexive. I mean, if we're called to do something, what is there to think about? If we're called by God to do something, what is there really to think about? The only thing we can think about is to consider ourselves and our inability or what something may come up that we can't do what 
you know, what we're being asked to do. But immediately we're going to considering ourselves. And Noah was moved with godly fear. He didn't think about how he would look. He didn't think about what people would say. He moved with godly fear. So there was an urgency there. So inside of this complete obedience is a reflexive response that doesn't deliberate. It doesn't think, it doesn't, um, it doesn't, well, a word we use here is, is waffle here in the, uh, in the States, but it, it, you know, you don't, you don't vacillate, you don't go back and forth. This thing about complete obedience is a very real thing. And you must consider those who operate in complete obedience realize we are not our own. We're not our own. We're not our own. And so bringing that into the service of the Lord, bringing it into this equipping uh, triangle, uh, as you mentioned here, um, complete obedience is a, I mean, that thing has to really be something almost like militaristic because in the military, you don't deliberate. There are commands and their responses. There are commands and their responses. There's no wiggle room or no uh, space to think about if you feel okay. They don't check in with you to see how you're feeling today. What do you wanna do? Do you feel like doing exercises? So there is a command and there's a response. And so a lot of that is lost a lot of times when we come into the corporate setting because we're very concerned about how people feel. And I think you mentioned something to that extent uh, in the beginning, Mark, about sacrificing, um, how people are not willing to, you know, for the most part, you know, sacrifice and think in terms of the call upon one's life and the responsibility and what, what God needs, you know, what he requires. So those kind of things, those are some things that really struck me. But this issue of, uh, Complete obedience. I don't think we've really tapped that to what it's supposed to be. You know, um, there is a there is my version of obedience, and there's God's version of obedience. Because if I delay in my obedience, God considers that disobedience. My delayed obedience, I'll do it later. That's disobedience. So my obedience must be reflected. So. How do I get to that point is, is, is the thing that I need to, to find out. How do I get to that point to where I abandon how I feel, my conveniences, how it looks, all of those kind of things, but be like Noah, being moved with godly fear without delay. Complete obedience. Complete obedience. Complete obedience. Another example, Michael, that was uh, Abraham offering his son. He waited 25 years for that boy, right? He waited. Yeah, yeah he waited 25 years for him. And after 25 years, God says, Give him to me. Well, 
I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't have the son anyway if it wasn't for God. So what is there to deliberate about? And the Bible says that Abraham rose up early in the morning. See, you know, this is what I love about Abraham. This is what I love about Adam. This is what I love about these early guys is because God, God would call their name and they would say, here I am. Here I am. They lived in proximity with God. There was a closeness. There wasn't this, this delay. God would call Abraham, here I am. Here I am. You know, I'm, it's, I'm right here. You know, at your service, Lord, at your service. You know, um, yeah, uh, co complete obedience. What does it take? for us to get to that level where really God would have us in the way Jesus saw obedience, not the way we see obedience. Wow. Yes, you know, Kevin, it's very easy because of the manner in which we measure things all by ourselves and by our standards. And uh, sometimes we can do stuff and then we say, oh, we know God, God understands. He, he understands. He just understands what it is. But we have to begin to define things from the father's zone of sight perspective, other than what we believe in that defines what obedience is or what obedience may not, not be. Indeed, we have to begin to follow um examples um you illustrated the issue of the military how um no questions are being asked things are just being executed because they are commanded to if we can develop that level of courage and trust and faith for god and when we clearly design his path we just step out there persuasively knowing that he's backing it. There is going to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of results. A lot of results. Yeah, um, Mark, just as you said, um, trust, I, I personally, uh, personally believe that trust plays a very, very important role in obedience. Um, care should be taken so that obedience, and I'm holding my fingers up in quotes, doesn't become something like a, a religion where you are at a place where you feel coerced or you feel rushed. It should be done out of love and out of a place of willingness. Otherwise, it becomes just a religious practice. And uh, I believe that if you feel that way about obedience, you have to work on yourself. You have to understand yourself. You have to know yourself. You have to know your purpose. And it has to come easy. And for it to come easy means that you have to understand your destiny and what God has called you to do. And it will make it very easy. You're actually going to enjoy being obedient because your soul is searching for your destiny and once you found it it's joy it's such a joy being able 
to walk accordingly and complete what God has called you to call. So obedience must come from a place of understanding, trust, and love, and a place where you understand that you are just not doing something because God has called you to do it or because he has asked you to read, but it's something that it's your destiny, something that you've been called to do. You know, in Africa here, a lot of us have jobs, but we don't really like what we do. That's the truth. We just do it so that, I mean, we are able to put food on the table and pay the bills. We don't actually like what we do, but when you actually love what you do, it's not even a job. You take pleasure, you take joy in what you do. And if you come to that point in your life where being obedient to God, it's a joy, you know, you take pleasure in it, 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 it becomes so easy. You know, you don't, you don't do it out of compulsion or you don't do it out of, uh, how, how do you call it? Like, it's something that you have to do. You do it because you love it. You enjoy it. You take pleasure in it and you are comfortable doing it. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what I have to say. Joyful delight. Joyful delight. Joyful delight. Now, once you are in an environment where you have to be coerced, you have to be pushed, um, obedience becomes uh, like a, a binding agreement on you, whether you like it or not. Then you probably you you start losing life. You start you start feeling numb. So you feel manipulated because there's no life in that environment. That's a good one. So, 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 so. If there isn't any other comments, we can do this. Oh my lost. There's coming. Yes, man. Yes, if there's any other thoughts, I think it's a good place we can stop tonight. Okay. Okay. All and right. pick up next week. Very with well. great fire and great momentum. Very and well. I want to say God bless you for connecting. God bless you for connecting. And we would jump onto this next week. In fact, I thought I had sent the link out on Monday in the morning because the registration link was generated Sunday night. Then I realized only this evening that it hadn't even gone out. So please forgive me, I'll rectify that. No problem, very well. We'll, we look forward to it, we look forward to it. Thank you, thank you for delivering this, Mark. Thank you for your time tonight. Yeah. Good to see you, Sister Veronica. Good to see you. You too, Kelvin. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Greetings to the family. Thank you. Yes.
Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Have a good one. Yeah. Good night, Mark. Good night, wife. Um, we talk about very things, the nature of the seed um, that sparks on the quality of the soil, the nature of the seed and the issue of fruitfulness, the demand of the Lord, um, the changing times and seasons and all. Father, we submit this session to you and we ask that your presence will take charge and that you would minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, okay. So two things on my mind. One, I may just do, because I started this series, and I think I spoke about it twice, um, Equip for the Work of Ministry. And uh, there is something important that um, I'm, I, I will pull out. But before uh, I, get to, I get around that, I want us to have a conversation. Um, on the basis of scripture that says that and those that fear the name of the Lord who meditate upon the name of the Lord spoke with one another and the Lord asked that a book of remembrance be open. Um, so Shabbat sent me, uh, Kevin, Shabbat sent me a voice note today. I'm pretty sure you may be aware. Mm. So he sent me a voice note today. Being we being small in, uh, we having just um, a few of us in the room, then I can, I can speak um, this level of details. But if we were more, I could just hold it back a bit. So he was telling me and the issue of the chemo session that um, they've been through. And number two, um, the lack of impact of the chemo session. Number three is the issue of relocation. That they are in the process of um, moving out of Suriname. Uh, maybe uh, the immediate focus will be Dominican Republic. And uh, I was moved. I was actually driving when I listened to the voice note this morning. I was really moved. I felt very, very uncomfortable. Now, so the issue of lack of impact of the chemo had to do with the fact that they did, um, um, they did a scan and it, was, it indicated that rather the, the cancer had grown rather the cancer had grown and it becomes very critical at this time uh, for them as they are just holding on to god this is what he said he said they are just trusting god for his intervention trusting god for his intervention i felt moved huh? and i felt something ought to be done something ought to be done as we need to call on God until he comes true for, for Unica. So Kevin, this is what is on my mind. Um, welcome to Lusma from Haiti. Welcome to the call. All right. Yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes, thank you. 
I am Telisma Olgerson from Haiti. Talk to you now. Okay. I, I yeah, know so you've, been, you've been trying I'm sorry. to... I know you've been trying sorry. to call. Keep That's going. Okay. Great. Great. We will talk. I'll get in touch. So, Kelvin, this is where... Well, number one, that's where my heart is. Um, I don't know what, okay. what you have. Okay, okay, so... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you know me, I'm, I, I'm Haitian, so, you know, my country just speak French and Haitian Creole only, not English. So I try to speak English because... I just to continue because uh, I have someone always to invite me in the Zoom. So I don't understand whenever when I talk about it. So I try to speak, talk, I try to learn to speak English to try to understand everything. So I can speak English very, very good. Try to understand that for me, I can speak English very good. For example, if you explain something in the Bible, I'm very understand you. When I, when I, when I need to, to answer you, I miss some vocabulary to explain you something because language, English is very, very difficult for me. <laughs> I got that. I got that. We got yeah, that. So, yeah, so yeah. anyway, I, I, I can, I, 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 I try to, to, to explain, to, to, to understand something, to explain you something. So I'm going, I, I'm going to, I, I, I'm gonna to English school every every Saturday because That's I just want good. to I just want to learn to speak English very very good. When I speak English very good, I will talk to I will let you know everything for me about the Bible because the okay. Holy Spirit always to share something with me to always to let me know everything because I have a big ministry in Haiti. Okay, that, that yes. that's. that's that's beautiful. Um, yes, thank you. Good, good to have you. Good to have you here. And and um, I've been trying to um, study French, but I have abandoned my French lessons for a okay. while now. I'll go back to, I'll go back to it. Um, I'll go back to that um, in the months coming, so I can learn French. Then, whilst you are speaking English, I would be interpreting French for you. Thank you. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Thank you, thank you for that. So anyway, if I if, if I get some interpreter to translate for me, it will be a blessing to me because I can't speak. Okay, we'll get yes, there. For example, we'll I can get... speak French, French. I'm so, not English. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yes. So I, I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know if I, if I had someone to translate for me in English. For example, if I try to speak French or Asian Creole, to find someone in this school to translate for me. I don't know about it. If I had someone. No. So, uh, there's one of her sisters who speak. Uh, is about seven languages. Um, I'll put you in touch with her. And. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. Take your pastor. Or let uh -huh. me know that yes good 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 um so you all uh, friends family um that's our friend from haiti and um we we this evening um as you would have received the link you would have realized that 
we are actually jumping on Kelvin's link because we had a bit of challenge at my end. Um, ah, but there okay. are two things we want to do this evening. We want to get into um, prayer and we okay. want to get to discuss concerning something that is very important, what I call the, um, okay, so let me add, what I call, so it, yes, Tosoma. Okay, so sorry, Pastor, I'm sorry. So I don't know if I, so anyway, can I share the program with someone in Haiti? I know speak English very good. No, so let me let me explain. Um, this weekly online uh, Kingdom Learning Space weekly online Bible study, which uh, okay. of every week you receive um, um, the registration the link, it is open to everybody. Everybody who. Um, um, wants to come into joint contribution to the purposes of God and to allow uh, him or herself to be equipped in the word of God and to be um, imparted with the grace of God. This uh, Thursday meetings are open to everybody, 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 because God is up to something and we are open for that. So uh, it's open. You can always share. People can join. It's 8 p.m. every uh, Thursday. Uh, as we get into next week, you will get a registration link, which will be active. And then you can register and you receive the login credential in your email as usual. So it's fine. That's okay. Charity. Okay, Charity is not connected to a, a microphone so she can hear us. But uh, Kelvin, um, Kasli, you know about our dear sister. Uh, or maybe you don't know about her. Um, um, Unica and the space where she is at the moment, she's undergoing a process. That is how come um, when you talk about trusting the process, it's uh, it, it's so it, it's, it's so explosive, explosive in my heart. Maybe you can mute clarity, please. Okay, so it became so explosive in my heart because. Look, each and every day, people go through all kinds of things. People are dealing with different situations, different circumstances. People are dealing with all kinds of demons that are seeking to break their life apart. And some of us who, by grace, the grace of God will be where we are we will need to look back and begin to stretch our hands to heaven for intervention and physically stretch our hands for help. So, um, like I said, let me reiterate, I got the voice note and um, the indication is that the cancer had grown. Instead of shrinking, there's not been any impact at all. I mean, that thing is stubborn. That thing is weird. That thing is, 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 is devilish. And for me, so long as that thing can grow, it means that it has capacity in it to, um, um, to hear our voice. And then number two, um, they are on, contemplating to relocate. And these have several ramifications, financially, I mean, the weight, 
every initiative that they were putting across and they will have to shut it down on the other side, almost like starting all over again. And also we really need to pray. Um, we really need to uphold them uh, in prayer. That is one of the things that God has given us on this call, which we enjoy, where we can set aside um, our program, our activity, and just jump into um, praying for a friend or a sister or a brother. So Kevin, I don't know what you have on your mind. What do you want to say? You know, um, Mark, I'm right there with you. I mean, this is, we, this is our sister. Um, there are ramifications that are, are quite um, intense. And so I, I would have no objection or leaning against us praying for, uh, for you, Nika, during this, during this time. It's, it's dire, it's dire. Um, Sharbert really couldn't express to you the, the depth of what he's, uh, him and Unique are dealing with. Uh, but I'm sure you picked it up uh, in your spirit. You picked it up. And so, you know, I, I just, I wanna pray. I wanna do what is required to get them to the other side uh, of this. You know, there are no medical solutions. So when you need a miracle, um, it bypasses science. Um, you know, this is this is dire. So her life is in the hands of God. I believe that it is not her time to go. And so we just want to pray her through so that they can continue the work that God has originally designed for them to do. So those are my feelings, Mark. I don't have uh, any leaning any toward any other way that um, if it were me, I would want the saints to pray for me. I would want the saints to pray for me, knowing the value of prayer in my life personally and Brenda's life personally through a, a severe uh, situation we had to walk through of grief earlier this year. Um, prayer became the goal. It became the, it became the healing balm over our hearts. I, I never known prayer to be so significant. I've usually been on the giving side of comfort, but to be on the receiving of side of comfort with prayer, I have a whole new respect and regard for prayer than I ever have in my life. And so uh, I know this is important. Um, whether we know this couple or not, uh, I don't think is important, but to lend our voices and our hearts to this situation, I think is, is uh, in, it's important. It's very, very important. Kevin, thank you. Um, okay, so yeah, Kersley, you've been there. You beat this thing back. And I think you were sharing that uh, last week with us. And you see, uh, there's something we can draw from that testimony. Um, one, the Hebrews have it to say that when we testify, we are actually uh, asking God to amplify and do it again. Um, the, one of the words that they, uh, is interpreted as uh, testimony um, alludes to the fact that it should be done again. It should be repeated again. So um, that testimony you shared last week is so profound, is so powerful. 
um, in terms of God reaching out and bringing and restoring your health. Now, you see, uh, um, Kelvin said something and I, and I just want to uh, articulate that further in another way. Many, many people do not know the value of prayer. Many don't know. But if you have ever been ill, sick, and you've been all by yourself, and there is no help, there, there is nothing you can do, even if there are physical help around you, you know the process that your body is going through and your spirit, um, the weight that your spirit is carrying, you would appreciate prayer more than you do. Because I have been in a space before where I was literally sick. I was in trouble and I was literally sick. And I was far from family. And the best I could do to myself, the early hours of the morning is just to cry. I couldn't pray. And I remember very well how handicapped um, we became when we got married, just about two weeks into the marriage. I became very sick. I could see visions of um, demons attacking the marriage, but I couldn't do anything about it. I'm telling you the honest truth. I was sick and sick and sick to the core. So um, it's important that we pray. And Kersley, um, I don't know if there's anything on your mind before we jump into praying. And um, we will pray for some time, for some 30 minutes. And I'm just going to be very brief in talking about um, equipped for the work of ministry, uh, there's something I call the triangle. It's a very important thing that ought to be identified in the process of equipping people for work of ministry. So, um, Kasli, what's on your mind, sir? Any thoughts? No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to pray, man. I'm ready to pray. I'm ready to pray. Veronica, welcome home. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I've been so busy. It's not easy, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. One of these is I'll just appear in Dansuman. <laughs> Jay is a well, you're welcome. Uh, we have challenge on my link, so we have to quickly switch to Kelvin. Thank God that Kelvin is agro. I mean, he's been such a backbone, huge, huge, huge backbone, huge, huge backbone. He did. Kelvin, um, I say this: the the space you occupy spiritually has, or the posture you carry spiritually, has such tremendous impact on what um, um, the movement of things in the spirit around us. I'm telling you just the way you sit in the spirit has such tremendous capacity to, to propel a lot of things for us. So thank you for being always, 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 always there. You have me. And thank you so much. But this is, we want to pray. We want to pray before we get into a teaching. We've been doing a lot of um, little talks and small talks here and there until this point. And we want to pray. We want to pray. Unica. Uh, Unica has been very well for a long period of time now. And let me quote scripture, Acts chapter 12, and just something, something to say to provoke all of us. 
when men and women come into their moments, they hang between life and death. Their moment as sickness, accident, um, name it, lack, those things, they are just two, two forces that are operating in this world. It's good and evil. It is truth and lie. It is light and darkness. It is faith and fear, fit, fear uh, faithlessness. It is God and Satan, but Satan is not like a competitor of God. But when men, it is life and death. When men are in the balance, they are either between life or they are falling on the other side. There is no middle ground anyway. Now, in Acts of the 12, we know this story very well. It says now, verse from the verse one, now about, the, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Very important, Herod, I don't want to go into teaching, but um, um, I did a piece of an article on the spirit of Herod, and I tried to explain who Herod is. Jesus in the book of Luke, he, he, he described Herod. One of the descriptions for Herod is a fox. Think about that destructive, destructive animal. Think about that aggression. And the fox is um, uh, the first point to Satan. It points to a foul spirit, a demonic spirit. So this demonic spirit, this fox, this wicked personality, this evil one, this satanic force, this satanic partnership, um, who is described as an, a, a king, uh, like a principality, um, like a, a false apostolic order that is seeking to execute uh, purpose of the dark realm to make it evident on the side. It says now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand. Please take note, there is a hand involved. Stretch out his hand to harass some from the church, some from the church, some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter. Think about that word seize carefully. He seized Peter. And think about who Peter is. Think about the scheme of God's dealing at the time and what Peter occupies. He sees Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after Passover, intending to bring him before the people is not just to come and uh, display him, but to kill him. There are a number of things I want you to note as we want to pray, because we want to attack a satanic and a demonic position. Number one, there is a Herod involved, and we just define who Herod is. Jesus said, go and tell that fox that today and tomorrow I perform cures and healings and deliverances, and, and the next day, um, I shall be resurrected. There shall be a resurrection. 
there shall be a resurrection. So Jesus described Herod as a fox. A fox is an evil creature. A force, a force depicts Satan. A force depicts destruction, evil. Um, um, and he's described as a king, a principality. His nature is to harass. One of the key things you see about Herod in defining the nature of Herod is that it harasses and goes after everything that, that points to Christ. It will seek to destroy anything that is Christ. I did a piece of an article, it's, it's, uh, I think in 2013, it's on, it's on um, um, Facebook, the, the Spirit of Herod. I think the title is The Spirit of Herod. And, and Herod is a force that will seek to bring anything that is Christ down, but he has not got a capacity to destroy Christ. Now, he took, he took James and killed him, and everybody was happy. So he felt, okay, I can go on and take the next person and go on and take the next key person out. And he's going after the head. He knows that when you cut off the head, everything will collapse. He's going after key personalities. He's going after people that occupy the skin of things in the intent and the purpose of God or the delivery of God at the time. And James was very key and he took James out. And the people were happy. And he quickly reached out for Peter. We need to, between this, between this, we need to, we need to make a decree. Oppression shall not rise a second time. Oppression shall not rise a second time. Oppression shall not rise a second time. If we keep quiet, the enemy will be pleased to do whatever he wants to do. But if we are bold enough to lift up our voices and we say, no, you are not permitted to go this direction, the enemy will eventually mute himself and pull back. Now, when he took Peter, he, Peter, uh, sorry, Herod, look, just, just look at the words involved. One, he seized Peter, meaning he, he literally put his hand on him and Peter just lost his freedom. Think about, I don't know, I don't know if you have ever been sick and be all by yourself before. I don't know. If you have lost your freedom before, where you are just confined to one place and you can't go anywhere. Think about COVID, when COVID came. Think about the restlessness because we are not used to that. Think about being in that space called straight. And the beautiful thing about it is he sees Peter as he sees in freedom, that space is also straight. That word straight, is the same word used for narrow. It says narrow is the way. That word straight, narrow, like a constraint to be put in a fixed uh, corner is the same word or uh, the same word that is translated and applied in the phrase that you find in Romans chapter eight, where it says, uh, where we ought to pray, we do, not ought to, we do not know what to pray, but the spirit himself utters prayers according to the will of God um, with groanings that cannot be expressed. That's with groaning that cannot be expressed. is like somebody being in a straight 
and cannot really sigh for relief and and at the same time this person would want to sigh and there's a mixture of emotion of a moan and a screaming and a, a deep inner mm, that that carries so many levels of language speaking so many things worry wait i need relief but i'm not getting it you are put in a straight place just imagine you are in a space and you want to turn and there is no room for turning think about the constraints that puts on you and the scream and the agility you put in to want to gain freedom that scream that scream between the verses three and four we see peter in a straight situation he was literally seized he proceeded to take peter he seized him he took him and peter literally all of his apostolic abilities just disappear it's like one in prison is 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 um one in a hostile hedged in situation peter was seized and he put him in prison so as we want to pray we want to pray specifically and deal with some things uh, there's a season there's a hand there's a force behind it called herod the intent is death we have to see it so we have to confront it now he puts him in a prison and then he put him around four squad or quartet of soldiers. But when you read, it says, but um, verse five, it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Another thing to note, constant prayer is a very deep, deep phrase. A stretch out prayer, a prayer that does not know the delivery of the answer, that the answer of healing arrived, but the prayer is still locked in because it's constantly stretched out. It's like it's 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 like a tension prayer. So we want to pray. Um, uh, wherever you are, if it's good for you to unmute your microphone, please you can. And we want to just lift our voice and begin to bless the name of the Lord for Shabbat and Unica. We just want to bless God for them. We just want to bless God. I said, Shabbat told me, said, where we are, we are just hanging on for God's intervention. Think about being in a street and there is no solution anywhere. And the only point you can look is turn up to heaven and look unto God and, 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 and hope and trust that he will come through in the storm. So we want to bless God for them. We want to just thank God for them. We want to thank God for his healing. We want to thank God for um, availability of his intervention in the life of Unica. We want to bless you, Father. We want to give you glory. We want to give you honor. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, mighty God. Yes, Lord. King of kings and Lord yes. of lords. Yes, Lord. Lord, before we enter into teaching your word and speaking about things, we want to 
just lift our voices and say thank you yes, for your thank, thank you for thank you for where you have brought them thank you yes Lord. that you have been with them we bless you that you are the alpha and you are the omega yes so, lord you have been in the beginning you've seen it all and father we want to thank you that you are the end yes, that sir. you they move and live and have your being yes father we give you praise that there's any ambiguity at all we give you praise we give yes, you praise lord. Praise, we give you praise. Bless that there's no confusion about this for our human flesh. Yes, it feels confused. But for you, God, we know, we know, we know it is all worked out. Oh, be exalted. Thank you for victory. Lord, thank you for the victory in your life. Thank you for thank the you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the victory in your health. Lord, thank you that it is you alone yes, Lord. that yes, Lord. we look unto. Yes. Yes. Your name be magnified, O oh God. Yes. Your name be glorified. Yes. Friends, I want us to I want us to pray, and any of us can jump in and pray about this. The first thing I want us to pray for is not to attack and bind and something, but is to for forgiveness of sin. The enemy always will have some legal ground, some legal ground to operate. And we want to knock that foundation down. Yes, Jesus is Jesus died for our sins are forgiven, but we want to stand in the gap for our sister. And if there is any anything that she missed that the enemy got the right to put this upon her and torment her. I want to say, Father, have mercy. Yes, Lord. I want to say, Father, yes, have Lord. mercy. Lord. So I'm stepping in. Let me just lead this. Father, thank you, we pray. Mm. Right now, let God have mercy. We stand on the behalf of Unica and Shabbat. 
and we lift our hands in absolute surrender. Lord God Almighty, we know the enemy will always come through an access door, a legal ground. And so, Father, every legal ground of sin, of missing the mark, that has allowed the enemy access and authority over your daughter's body, your temple, oh God. We lift our hands and we say, have mercy. And Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus right now and confess every secret fault. Anything that um, she had walked in that uh, uh, dishonored you, that allowed the enemy authorization. We say, Father, have mercy. Lord, we lift our eyes and look unto you. And we ask, oh God, for cleansing, that you cleanse her, that you wash her. We come boldly to your throne by the blood. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. Any of us can pray. You can pray. You can pray as you are led. You want to pray into this. Mm -hmm. You want to stand in the gap for Eureka. Please go ahead. We speak to everything that is in Unique's body that is not like God. We speak against it. We bring it down and bring it under subjugation, under the will of God, under the foot of Almighty God. We speak to the cancer inside of her body to go in the name of Jesus. To go in the name of Jesus. She was not born with this. And Father, we pray that any alliance or any covenant that has been made with this terrible deadly disease we pray that it will be broken and annulled in the name of jesus that it would be quashed in jesus's name father we send your word of peace and comfort and and strength to unique and charbon in this hour give them to know that they're not alone give them to know that you are with them in the middle of this fire in the middle of this trial Father, that they would not consider the news that they're hearing, but they would consider Jesus. They would consider Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In the name of Jesus, we ask God that your word would be effective in their bodies, that your word would be fluid inside of their minds. Lord, that your word would be powerfully effective in every area of their body, every area, every joint every area, every ligament, every space in their being. Father, we pray that your word and your Holy Spirit would drive out those things that are not like you inside of Unica's body. Father, give us the strength, give us the will, give us the desire, the tenacity, to pray as they did in the, old, in the New Testament. Father, when prayer was offered to Peter on Peter's behalf continually, our sister desires to be free, our sister desires to be whole in the name of Jesus, Lord. We know that your word declares that you are the Lord, our God, that heals us. Your word further declares that healing is the children's bread. Your word declares that you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. The punishment of our peace was upon you. And with your stripes, we are healed. By your stripes, we are healed in the name of Jesus. Father, this includes Unica. This includes her body. This includes her very being. I ask in Jesus' name that your word would be sent. And Father, that 
cancer would remit and go and, and go back in the name of Jesus. God, you know how to stop it. You know how to, how to quash it. You know how to disrupt it. And Father, we stand in faith. We stand in faith upon your word for our dear sister. We're believing that, Father, not only just that you can do it, but you will do it on her behalf. We're standing on your word today, of your word, oh God, that says that healing is the children's bread. Your word declares that you are near those who are brokenhearted. You bind up their wounds. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would heal, heal, and work a miracle for our dear sister, Unica, in the name of Jesus. Look upon Shabbat, her husband, who stands with her, who stands by her side. In the name of Jesus, look upon and strengthen this man of God. Thank you for your word, O oh God, that is settled and embedded in his heart. And give him to know that he is an overcomer through Christ that strengthens him. In the name of Jesus, Father, we declare wholeness and healing for this couple. We declare your, your strength and power be released. Your, your healing virtue be released. Your miracle working power be released. In the name of Jesus, we declare, oh God, 100% healing. And Father, turning back the tide in the hand of the enemy and his will upon our dear sister. In the name of Jesus, we know there's nothing too hard for you. Nothing too hard for you, Lord. Nothing too hard for you. We're trusting and believing for her, her deliverance, our sister's deliverance and healing in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. The favor. We thank you, Father, for the, for the mercy that is being extended unique as way tonight in the name of Jesus. Give her the strength to hold fast to her confession of faith. Give her strength to hold fast to your word. Give her strength to hold fast to the promises. Help her to hold on to life today. Help her to hold on to the Zoe life. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you, Father, for your ability, O oh God, to move on Unica and Sharper's behalf. We raise our voices to you tonight. We raise our voices to you tonight. We raise our voices and we speak to the circumstance. We speak to the evil one. We speak to that which is against your word. And we declare, be healed, be healed, be delivered, be set free in the name of Jesus. We stand upon your word, Lord. We stand upon healing for our dear sister. Let it be so tonight. Let it be so tonight. Let it be so tonight. By your power, by your might, and by your spirit. Let it be so tonight. Let it be so in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sasha <laughs> <laughs> 
Every hand that has taken hold of a colon, every any organ in the body and corrupting it, every strong hand, let it be broken in the mighty name of power be overthrown in the name of Jesus. Let every demon of cancer be rebuked in the name of Jesus. Cover every organ in her body with the blood of Jesus. We annul every covenant that is standing, allowing access for this. Every witchcraft in position in the mighty name of Jesus, we break that imposition. Every agreement in the pit of hell, we destroy it in the mighty name of Jesus. We command a release and freedom for her. Every prison house in the mind, every prison house in the body, every organ that is upon any witchcraft altar, we ask for a recovery right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask that the enemy will lose his stronghold and influence and authority over our dear sister in the name of Jesus. Rada da 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 da
Oh, Father, we thank you for the victory in the blood. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the victory through the blood. Thank you for yes, victory. Lord. Thank you for Strength from day to 
day and it will never lose it will never lose and it will never lose its power amen Indeed, it will not lose its power. Never lose it. Never. Never. There are a number of things that I've seen already, um, but I will not want to mention them on this call at the moment. All I can say right now is let's intensify prayer for Unika. Let's just intensify prayer because there is a demon that is roaming that is seeking to execute a purpose. Let us continue to Intensify prayer. And God will show up. God will hear us. As he does always. As he does always. Father, I want to thank you. Father, I want to exhort you. We want to give you all the praise for this opportunity to make a joint contribution to the process that our dear friend and the husband are involved in. I want to thank you for such powerful divine intervention that is taking place right now with her. I want to thank you for angelic ministration that is right by him now. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I just want to use about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Let me just drop some nuggets, some talk. Or if when we pray, if there's something you you feel bad and you want to share about this, please go ahead. Please go ahead. Please go ahead before we get into. We have all the time to teach. And we have a critical thing to deal with. So we will deal with a critical thing. And there'll be a lot and plenty of times to teach. Any thoughts? Never lose its power and it reaches to the low, where to the highest mountain, and it reaches to the lowest 
that it will not lose its power. Okay, so let me quickly, just, just for 10 minutes, I don't want to go so much into, into this. Um, about three, three or four weeks ago, we started talking about equip for the work of ministry. And I want to just briefly talk about the equipping triangle because everything about equipping for the work of ministry depends on this triangle if one variable is so think about a triangle it has its apex it has to the left a vectors joining and then to the right, it has a vectors in the joining. Think about all the three sides connecting themselves and flowing in each other. And so it's important that when we begin to talk about equip for the work of ministry, we have to discover the variables involved because very often, or let me put it this way, this is my experience. This is my experience, um, having been preaching and preaching, preaching, preaching. It is very clear that a lot of the people that are being preached to are not interested in being equipped. They are not interested in building their own muscles. They are not interested in standing on their own. So in our environment, you, if you introduce a ministry that is seeking to prop people up, pull them up, get them to stand on their own, there is this jittery feeling. They, they, you are looked upon as weird as not well managed in ministry because it must be that you have to manipulate the people. They have to be church dependent, pastor dependent, um, activity and concept dependent. If I say concept, I'm talking about basically entertainment. They have to feel entertained. If not, they, 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 they are being deprived of their spirituality. Um, there ought to be that fun in it when we ought to be confronted with very serious and critical existence today. So let me read a scripture and let me just identify this triangle for you. There are things you know, but I want to say it in a particular way. I want to say it in a particular way so that we can appreciate it. Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. I'm going to read the verse 11 down. Then I will back off and go and read the verse 7 
down. So from the verse 11, and he himself, referring to Christ, gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. For why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, to the measure and, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. 15, but speaking the tr truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which each part does each year, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There are so many, many, many things outlined in these verses that I just read. But let me, let's back off. So remember verse 11, he himself gave some to the apostles and, and some prophets, some evangelists, and some teachers, and some pastors. Verse 7, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men and gave gifts to men. Now this, okay, so we can stop here. So there are three things we want to identify in this triangle. There are three things we want to identify in this triangle. Number one at the apex is God. God is giving gifts and graces to men. That is the first thing we want to identify. Number two is men. He gave gifts to men, not angels. When we want to deal with the issue of equipping the saints, it's important that we understand the components involved. It is men, not angels. And that is a very powerful thing to celebrate to celebrate humanity, God found it worthy that he will pour his grace into ordinary men whom he will do extraordinary things through. God decided in John chapter one, the verse six, it says there was a man who was sent from God and his name is John. He's a man, but he's sent from God. He's loaded with gifts and capacities. And number three, 
is the saints. Number three is the saints. So this is a triangle. Now, let me just try to explain it briefly in a particular way because we will need to take each of the components and begin to drill it down. And I take it from, from, from um, the saints who are also men and human beings. Number one, for there to be an effective equipping of the saints, they have to be a ready and available people. They have to be a ready and available people. A people that truly underscore the fact that there's a need for equipping. So if people do not see the value in me being equipped, being resourced, then the whole intent and purpose for giving of this gift will be lost. And the confusion has stemmed out of the fact that we do not know the why of these gifts. We do not know the essence, why they are given. In my notes, I have there to say, beyond the fivefold ministry, beyond the fivefold ministry. Because now the confusion is, men who have received grace from God thinks it stops with them. Those who are supposed to be equipped by these graces that are released through Christ into men also think it stops with men. They are the superstars. Everything stops with them. But the truth is, let me read the scripture again. There is everything that goes beyond the apostle. The verse 11 and he, he himself gave some to be apostles, not all, some to be apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints. It goes on and on and on. Then the verse 13 says, till we all come to the unity of it. So beyond the apostle is a company of people that are supposed to be Become an embodiment of apostolic grace. Beyond the prophet are a company of people that are supposed to be an embodiment of that grace. The graces of God ought to produce a body that is ready, equipped, resource, giving all the needed equipments and accoutrements to be able to execute what the Bible described as the work of ministry. And there is a need, and in my previous discourse, I tried to define work of ministry as extending beyond the four walls. If we begin to, we begin to allow uh, the people among us to understand the nature and the work of ministry as not stopping with five-foot ministers, they are called, we are not called. If that's theology is broken and battered and destroyed, it releases the apostle to begin to function in the true calling. It releases the prophet to function in true calling, which goes beyond the pulpit, which goes beyond the four walls. It releases the believer to also go beyond the four walls because work of ministry is not just like um, I'm a pastor in a church. I am... Um, a prayer warrior in the church. I am, I am uh, an usher in church. 
I'm a musician. That gift, that call that God has placed on the individual goes beyond the four walls. After the four walls on a Sunday or a Wednesday evening, what happens to the gift? What do you do with yourself? What do you, what you carry? What ramifications and impact and relevance does it have for the world beyond the four walls? I'm not going to go so much. So the first group of people that need very serious, critical talking to and, 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 and rewiring of thinking are the saints. The saints must understand that the giving of the apostle is for, for them. And there is a peculiar purpose, not their own purpose. I had Mas Morrow talking in a short video I saw. He started talking about there's drug abuse, there's that abuse, and there is also pastor abuse. So we have had a church that had, had, had gotten it wrong and just abused pastors. And the pastors have allowed themselves to be abused, allowed their calling to be abused, allowed their capacity to be abused, and, and has led to arrested development, stunted growth, uh, a, a lack of walking in true fullness of grace and capacity. There is a need that we are freed and things are, are disintegrated, decoupled, and placed in their rightful place to allow for smooth running and functionality of the body. The body is staggering. The body is, 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 is not fluid. The body is, 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 is experiencing blockade in, in some parts of, of, of the vein because the, 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 the things that are supposed to be positioned are not in the right place. So the first group of people are the saints and they ought to understand their place, number one. They ought to understand what is the work of ministry. Number three, they ought to understand what the equipping of the grace of apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and, and, and all are meant to do in their life. It is not to just give one miracle and you walk away, one breakthrough and you walk away. But this thing essentially is to bring us into the fullness of Christ. I just want to summarize and say the fullness of Christ. There is the issue of uh, teal. Teal speaks of passage of time, a protracted period of time, events happening on the heels of another, things happening, passage of time, which means that there is a process to all of this. So it changes the way ministry is done. So number two, let's zero in quickly. Later we can get into, and any of us can speak to this uh, um, before we, we get off the call. Number two are the men. It is important that if I'm in a capacity to equip, and one way or the other, all of us will find ourselves in a capacity of equipping somebody or bringing somebody who is down there and, and equipping them with grace and knowledge and skill and, and divine resource to be able to function. It is important that me who is equipping, I understand there are two things that dwell in me. Uh, th there are two components at work with me, my humanness and the grace of God. My humanness and the grace of God. There was a man 
who was sent from God and his name was John. I mean, those who are being equipped need to understand that as well. Many people relate to um, 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 men of God like they are a, a God, somebody who just came out of mass and do not appreciate their humanness. Um, so they believe that in certain jurisdictions, they believe that a pastor cannot go to the market and buy his own vegetables and all. And so the pastor going to the market is a whole taboo. In some jurisdiction, if you do not add pastor to the man's name or the woman's name and you address her, she will not respond to you. You will be disgraced in public. I've had experiences. All of these things are not really necessary if people really accord you the necessary recognition of the space that you occupy spiritually. So the mention of your first name or, or adding pastor or not adding should not be the issue. So there's a, there's a clear understanding that I have my humanness and the grace of God sits in there. There is a word that is used for the grace of God in the verse seven, and I quickly just want to touch it. Later, we can go back to it. Is the word gift? It says, um, the verse seven says, but to each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So the men equipping, the women who are equipping, have received a measure. It kills our pride a measure of Christ's gift. And that word gift is Doria. That word gift is Doria. Doria is massive. Doria is explosive. Doria speaks of gravitas, something of weight. Doria refers to that qualitative measure of Christ's gift and nature and grace and calling that transforms an ordinary man to do extra ordinary things, an evangelist, prophet, can hear from God, mention names. Uh, my wife, let me tell you, let me tell you this funny one before we, 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 we move out of this space. My wife was saying um, last Saturday when we had Open Heavens meeting, she said the way I was mentioning people's uh, details about people and, and the location of their village and I mean, the details about the circumstance and what was behind it. She was shocked and sitting in the corner and thought I had gone to receive some, some juju from somewhere. And we laughed over it. We, we, we laughed over it. That word Doria, that word Doria is so powerful. And it's about Christ presenting a gift to a man. It has to be received correctly and accorded the right attitude. So we don't swell up and become, um, I want to just scratch the surface. And the last, last thing, but not the least, is we have God in the picture giving grace. We have God in the picture grace flowing from. So all these three has to be held together in a proper understanding and proper relationship in order for the grace and the, 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 the flow of that quality measure for equipping for work of ministry to flourish. Thank you. I want to stop here. Next week, we can get into all of this some more. God bless you. That is the triangle I talk about. Thank you. I'm done.
I'm done. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate it so much sharing the, the word of the Lord with us uh, as you did. Just those, those nuggets and giving us insight into uh, uh, this, this fivefold and what it means to have grace to flow in, uh, in accurate and abundant ways. And so um, we will have this recording. It'll be taken to heart and we'll be able to hear it over and over again until next week when you begin to add more onto this. So we look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You want to stop you? Oh, okay. Tosuma, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Tosuma. My friend from Haiti. Mackenzie. Okay, so. Uh, I greet each one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, I'm so glad um, to be here. So among you and to assist on this powerful service. Um, I was blessed by the message that the Holy Spirit has given you, Pastor. And uh, I was invited by Pastor Wilderson Telusma. So I hope that today is not my last time coming here and I would like to be um, here every time that you, you have service. May God bless you. My name is um, Evangelist Moroccan C. Charles. I am Haitian, but currently I'm living in Dominican Republic. I was happy to be here. Beautiful, beautiful. I think Charles may have to link up with Shabbat soon. Uh, if some things pan out. Shabbat, I think, uh, comes from Dominican Republic or something, or Dominican, I can't remember very well, but something about Dominican or something. <laughs> we'll connect you. We'll connect you. Hey, so beautiful to have you. Veronica. Yeah, thank you. Veronica, it's good, to, it's good to have you. It's good to have you sing. Can we have you sing? <laughs> good, 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 good. Yes, Charles, I see your hand up. You want to? Uh, you see? I see your hand is up. You've raised your hand on Zoom. Uh... <laughs> Yes, I'm already, I'm already done. Uh, oh. Yeah, I just wanted to, to greet you and to tell you how I was blessed and I give all the glory to God because everything that you, you make, you, you're doing for God, you're good. And I thank God for his Holy Spirit that he gave us um, to share, to spread, is the word. And I believe that God gonna increase your revelation to continue to bless the people in the world world. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So friends, we wanna call it a good evening. Please keep praying for Unica. Um, those of us who have a contact, reach out to her. Uh, it's been a while since I spoke with her, but I've just been 
connecting with Shabbat, myself, reach out, pray with her, say a word of encouragement to her. Now hear this, hear this, and this is biblical, how somebody was dying and a message was sent to the brother who is a preacher. And the brother said, go and tell my sister that my soul will not allow her to go. There is something we have in Christ that is so powerful. Our connectivity is so powerful that when one member suffers, all suffers. And that um, the Bible tells us in the book of First John, it says, for we have crossed over from death to life because we love the saints. That love can break death. That love can bring healing and recovery. God bless you. I'm done. I want to say it's a good, 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 good night. It's been good having you on the call. And next week, we rectify the challenges of the audience. Kersley, I see you on the microphone. No, no, I was just, I was just saying, I was, I was waiting on you to say good night. Hey, good night, brother. Good and night, brother. Good night. Keep focused. Good night. Good night, Kelvin. Kelvin, I'll reach out to you tomorrow so we talk about a few things. Sounds good. Thank you, sir.